Welcome to Scrolling, episode 115. Joining me, as always, Davis Starjumper. How you doing, man? Going good. You got to get to the the more exciting guest here. You got to move past my intro here. Well, yeah, I was getting to that. <laughs> we got a lot of more <laughs> excitement happening here. Okay, so, uh, and joining us, we have a special guest today. If you've spent any time around the Stormhaven Dueling Arena uh, on PCNA, you've probably seen him there putting kids in caskets and 720 corkscrewing <laughs> various <laughs> objects into various <laughs> places. <Yo. laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he's one of the meanest brawler blades I know. It's easy for a guy like him. He's our good friend, a true goon, an elder goon. Ladies and gentlemen, want to buy my dog. That was an intro and a half. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I am happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Let's get this party started. It's a lot of engineering on dog strategies of, of how he, he uh, you know, kills people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you put them in a casket. Sometimes you put them in the dirt. Sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you put them down like the, uh, some, some, you know, it changes. It depends. <laughs> Like the family dog. Like, <laughs> That's right. Right? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I might have. I... We, took, we, took we took a dark turn there. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're going to edit all that out. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think people already are getting an idea of, uh, of who we're dealing with here, but just to give them a little bit better idea, I have a few questions I'm going to ask. Uh, first thing, I think the first thing probably anybody ever asks you is, uh, what's with the name? Want to buy my dog? I don't want to buy your dog. But to answer your question, um, it's really not as exciting of a story as you would think. 13 or 14 years ago, back when I was a little whippersnapper and my friends and I thought, <laughs> let's think of funny names. I thought, want to buy my dog? That's a funny name. And so I made it my uh, gamer tag on the good old Xbox 360. And uh, at one point, there was actually like 12 people with the names Wanna Buy My Blank. And going into <laughs> Call of Duty lobbies at the time was an absolute blast. So, I mean, was it just no association with anything just out of thin no, air? Wanna Buy My Dog? That sounds funny. Literally nothing. I don't even think I had a dog at the time. <laughs> well, and I, I feel like, ironically, I feel All like right. you're more of a cat person, dog. Am I, am I wrong on this? I, I Listen, I... I may or may not have a cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So kind of a disappointing story behind the name. You just <laughs> no, thought it sounded no, funny. No, 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 no. No, there so was highs sad. and lows to that story. What do you think I was, was going to say? Well, I really needed to, we really needed to sell our dog, and we were tight for money, and I thought, what better place to sell it than on Xbox Live playing Call of Duty? All right, we, we got we to gotta get through this intro, guys, or we're going to be here all night. Uh, next question. When did you start playing ESO, and what keeps you playing? Oh, man. I started playing ESO when it came out on, uh, on Xbox. And I played on and off for years, and uh, I always came back because you always come back to this, this damn game. It always pulls you back. <laughs> and, it always uh, but, pulls you back. But the, the last break that I had, you know, my, my buddy and I hadn't played in years. We were playing on PC. We wanted to play ESO. We had that itch. And we were like, f*** it. Or, I'm sorry. Whoops. We're like, <laughs> we're like okay, screw it. it. We Let's go. It's all good. <laughs> we're like, screw it. Let's go on PC. We'll yeah. just restart. <laughs> and, uh, and now I'm still playing. But what keeps me here is probably the people I met. I met everybody here in Stone's Goons. I met some other people. And that's probably what keeps me still playing the game. The real dog are the friends you made along the way. That's right. Mm-hmm. You guys are the real dogs. Thanks, man. Okay, Doug, so you spend quite a bit of time dueling in Stormhaven. I've seen you out there. You're ripping it up most of the time. Uh, any, you got any dueling tips for any aspiring duelists out there? 
You're a, if, you're a brawler blade main. I should yeah I should mention. yeah. All right. So if you're an aspiring duelist, my first recommendation is do not go to Stormhaven. <laughs> find <laughs> find somebody. <laughs> find somebody that is equal skill level, and you guys can practice with each other. And then you know, eventually, if you go to Stormhaven, everybody there, all they do is duel. So yeah, more than so likely, good. you're just gonna go there and die, and be like, I don't even know what happened. And you're not going to learn anything that way. So the best way is <laughs> yeah. just go out, find, practice with people that are equal to you, or go into Cyrodiil and try to get some one v ones going or something. But sometimes you can find a you can find a buddy that's maybe an experienced PvP or that'll kind of let you use them as a target dummy to get some practice. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you and Uncle Sam have have done that for me from time to time. I was like, I just need to practice a thing. Please just try not to kill me for a few minutes. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, you started streaming, what, like a couple of months ago on Twitch? Twitch.tv slash dog. That's right, but dog with an O and not with an A-U. So just That's right. Dog. That's right, just the regular spelling of dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the animal. He's getting professional on us. That's right. <laughs> Don't... <laughs> I'm leveling up. <laughs> but yeah, I started streaming like uh, two months ago. Something I always wanted to do, and finally started doing it. Yeah, I dig it, man. I, uh... To me, it seems like you're a natural. I pull up your stream like on my phone when I'm at work, or sometimes when I'm just playing ESO, I'll have your stream going on another monitor, and you kind of have other people in the voice call with you, and it honestly just feels like I'm just hanging out on a Discord call with people. It's really chill, and you guys are all just real relaxed, not toxic, but you're funny, and yeah, and you're, you guys are all good PvPers, you know, you kind of get it all. It's nice. Yeah, exactly. We're all, I feel like we're always entertaining to some degree, so it's fun to share that with, uh, Whoever decides to come by and watch. I appreciate you watching while you're at work and stuff. I always enjoy seeing you say hi in the chat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I'm I'm usually, like, jonesing for some BGs while I'm at work or some, some PvP of some kind, so I can kind of live vicariously through you guys a little bit. Uh -huh. All right, so <clears throat> that gets us through the intro here. So uh, the reason Want to Buy My Dog is here is because it is time for the annual bg report this is the update 40 edition of the bg report so uh dog is going to help us get through this thing we have a new method that we're going to try this time uh let me explain this just a little bit so it's still going to be strictly from a deathmatch perspective we're not going to consider any of the other modes because that, that's a very short conversation just make a permablock tank and you win that's the end of that conversation so we're just talking about deathmatch here we're going to go through three different categories those those categories are group synergy solo effectiveness, and popularity. So we're going to rate all the classes in all three of those categories. So, so all three of us are going to give each class a number, one through seven, right? There's seven classes. Uh, for, and we'll total them up for each category. We'll come up with a, with a final list for each one of those categories. And then we'll add up each of those scores for each class, you know, from each category to get our final, you know, master BG report list. And we'll just kind of talk our way through forming this list as we go. So that's how we're going to do it. I'm going to explain these categories just a little bit. So uh, the group synergy, the way we're defining that is that's just what a class brings to the table in an organized, optimized pre-made, right? So we're talking about playing with the big boys. What classes do you want to bring? Uh, solo effectiveness. We are not talking about a class's ability to 1vx or to be a lone wolf. That's not what we're talking about. Um, it's still from a team deathmatch perspective. So uh, how good is a class at helping their team win the deathmatch, regardless of what kind of team comp you end up getting or how good the players are you're with, you know, 
uh, and that sort of thing. That could be by, you know, being a lone wolf and getting a bunch of kills, or it could be by other means. And then popularity, that's just obvious, right? Any questions? Okay, I'm going to take a drink of my energy drink. <laughs> what kind of energy drink? The best energy drink on the planet. It's going to be an Alani. Yep, there it is. Oh, the Alani. Alani that's Peach. right, that's right. You always send those Ooh. pictures. You love Alani. Dude, I love Alani. I've tried a bunch of different flavors. They're all pretty good, but I always come back to the peach. It's the best one. They have like a strawberry or something. And they have like some like... uh partnerships with celebrities i think there's like a kim kardashian flavor ah uh, yes the first person you think of when you think of energy drinks yeah <laughs> my favorite athlete <laughs> yeah so for let's let's start with uh the group synergy category uh so we're going to rank all the classes one through seven uh each of the three of us we'll start with the dragon knight class Davius, why don't you take this one first? You're a Dragon Knight main. Uh, what rating, one through seven, do you give Dragon Knight for group synergy? I have the Dragon Knight ranked as my number two group synergy class. Number two. Ooh, very high. Okay. Very high on this list. And really what it boils down to me is the Dragon Knight to me is the ultimate brawler. And really, if they if you can throw a healer behind a Dragon Knight, that's really when they shine. Like They get some extra mm -hmm. heals from a healer and they just... They hit their they hit their peak point. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to have a, a solid uh, team comp without that Dragonite on that front line, kind of holding it down. I agree. Want to buy my dog? What do you think about Dragonite? I put them down as number three for myself. Number three. And similarly to uh, Star Jumper here, I believe that they are amazing brawlers. And you could kind of throw them in the middle of any situation, and they're usually pretty fine, especially if they have a healer behind them. But I didn't mm -hmm. put them at two or one because they don't exactly have the craziest kill potential right now, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. They're more so just dot everything up, slow everything, crowd control everything with talons if you have it. Yeah, they're they're providing that pressure, and it's it's somebody else's job to make sure we get the kill, right? That's a Sork or a Templar mm -hmm. or yes. maybe an Arcanist. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree there. Uh, I put DK a little bit lower myself at number four. Still, you know, in the top, like, team Ooh. comp there, one of the four. Coming in know. hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I agree with everything you guys said. Excellent brawlers. You definitely want to have a DK on that front line. Nobody's ever going to be mad about having a DK on the team. Uh, I think Arcanists challenge them quite a bit in team comp. They do a lot of what a DK does, uh, and they can do it kind of from a safer distance too. They don't have to get up in the middle of everything the way a DK does. So it's it's easier to keep them alive from a healer's perspective. Plus, they're impossible to kill already. Mm -hmm. So I think Arcanist really is to me the main thing that's kind of bumping them down a little bit. They're just challenging and challenging them in that space a little bit. But DKs do provide minor brutality to everyone. That's a unique buff that only they can provide. They have a lot of crowd control, a lot of pressure. And I think um, what makes them such good PvE tanks is what makes them good in like a big like dogpile kind of fight. You know, those same kind of tools that they have to just face roll a boss is kind of what makes them good on a team as well. All right, so uh, 4 plus 2 plus 3, that's 6, 7, 8, 9. Dragonites have a score, a total score of nine, and it's like golf rules. The lower, the lower the score is better. So we'll see where we end up at the end of it. 
Uh, next class we're going to talk about is Nightblade. Want to buy my dog? Nightblade main. Where do you put Nightblade for group synergy? So believe it or not, I have Nightblade at four. Ooh, that is a hot yeah. take. Mm, hot yeah. take. Now, now I have Nightblade main. Are you biased? Uh, probably <laughs> because I said okay. four, thinking that's low. And I'm assuming okay. <laughs> you think you look at four and think that's high. So <laughs> I think probably that's high, but... probably biased. Now, but but let me explain. Yeah, go ahead. They don't have as much survivability as a DK might have, but they have pretty solid survivability. You could get him. You you even as a Nightblade with certain builds, you can go in the middle of stuff and survive. And Nightblades are a solid thing to have on your team if you need bursts to take people down, because a lot of times those soul tethers into a bow and then like a killer's blade or something or a spindle wind, whatever you have on is super useful in fights where nobody's dying. Yeah. I mean, they have unmatched yeah. bursts, right? If burst is what you need, then a night blade is the one that brings it. Yeah. Fantastic finishers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, but again, All right. four. so that's my take. Nightblade number four. I'm putting Nightblade at number six myself, mm. so second to last. That is not to say that Nightblades can't bring a ton of value to a team if they're built right and if the team comp is kind of, you know, made for it. Uh, they make awesome rush bombers with the, the Soul Tether Ultimate. Mm, yes. They have that, that offering really strong heal that's really cheap that they can spam on people, like in a pinch if the healer is dead or whatever. And you're right, they're, they're way more survivable than they have been in the past. You really can kind of fight alongside your teammates if you if you need to. I think the main thing is that they're very they tend to be very single target focused outside of kind of the soul tether combo kind of thing. So it can kind of feel like you're bringing like a like a 22 to a bazooka fight, you know, sometimes. <laughs> but you know, they 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 can be good, but I think just the, the other classes bring a bit more value all around is my take. So I'm putting them at number 6. Davis, what do you think? I have the Nightblade right between you all. I have him at number five. Okay. Mainly, I mean, I think I agree with Doug a lot. I think if if a Nightblade is made to be a brawler type build, I think they can be really good on a group. But I just think so many Nightblades are just so kind of solo, you know, one man army focused that I think that the that the majority of Nightblades out there kind of struggle to be be on groups. They're kind of more designed to be that uh, on their own type. That I agree with. And, you know, we should say just, I mean, even the very worst class on the list can still be very good with the right build and the right mm -hmm, team mm -hmm. comp and all of that, you know, yeah. so. Next class is Templar. Um, I'm going to give Templar number three for, uh, for class synergy. I think they are the third best class to have in a, in a pre-made comp. And I think it's just the stuff that I've said about Templar in the past. They just kind of have it all. They're, they're the ultimate Swiss Army knife. They have strong heals. They have that unblockable javelin stun. They have the long-range beam, arguably the best execute in the game. So they're securing kills. They're helping keep you alive. They're giving you a unique minor sorcery buff that no one else can give you. They're allowing you to, to cleanse stuff off of you, which is really, really helpful in, in this kind of like dot um, um, Azure Blight kind of environment that we're in these days. There's just nothing a Templar can't do, and they can do it all at the same time, like on one build. So I think, you know, Templar is going to be a really, really great addition to almost any team comp is my take there. Number three is what I think. What do you think, Davius? Where do you put Templar? I actually have Templar at three as well. Uh, nice. Pretty much agree nice. with everything you said. I, the, the key to me with Templar right now is that 
they have that team cleanse. I think that's such an underrated, you know, it's a really good hot that you can throw on the ground and, and it's a good heal for everybody team. But to be able to give your entire team a cleanse with with kind of the BG environment right now, I think is just very, very good. The beam obviously is a great kill finisher. Uh, as you said, they've got good CC. So they, they really can just kind of uh, cover all your, your bases. If your team is missing com- some of the things that the that you need on the team, the, the Templar can kind of come in and uh, check all of the last boxes needed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They have whatever tool you're missing, they probably have it, and they can just kind of slide it right in there. Doug, where do you put Templar? I have Templar at five. Five? I, I could five. tell by the tone of your voice. There was a tone. <laughs> because, uh... I, because I knew you guys were going to be like, why? <laughs> Nightblade better than Templar for pre-maids. Got it. Got it. Yes. <laughs> he wants that brawler blade. Okay. Because now I put Nightblade above it because they do have that burst potential, which is important. But I have Templar mm-hmm. at five still because and again, this is probably kind of biased because I've never played Templar myself, but when I think of Templar, all I think of is Javelin, Beam, and Cleanse. And I don't know really what they have outside of that that can contribute to a team. Like, yes, they can jab, but I know those don't do as much damage as they used to. They can, I, I don't, I guess Crescent Sweep. Yeah, Crescent's a great ultimate. The Nova ultimate's really good. I forgot about the Nova ult. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, hey, you can be biased. That's, you know, we invited you here on the show to for your bias. So it's all good, man. Let it fly. All right. so. Um, five plus three plus three is 11 for Templar. So, so far we have Dragon Knights with, uh, with nine, Nightblade 15, Templar 11. Remember, lower is better. So Dragon Knights winning so far. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Next class is Sorcerer. Davius, where do you put Sorcerer for group synergy? I actually have Sorks down at number six. Uh, I've got them pretty darn low. Uh, and I just kind of go back to, to similar with the Nightblade. Like, you know, the Nightblades are, are, you know, most of them are just designed to be kind of off on their own type playability. Nightblades still have good, like, kind of burst heal potential. And I know the Sork, you can do the, the pet to have pretty good heals. But, man, Sorks are just kind of, they're just kind of on their own. They, they need to be streaking. They need to be moving. They need to be at range. And so usually I feel like if you've got a, a good, strong group comp, uh, it's kind of almost works against the sorcerer if they're having to try to kind of stay within that group to slow themselves down or be less mobile. Um, so I just I just don't think sorks are, are the greatest team comp. So I've got them down at number six. Okay, so number six. Want to buy my dog? What do you think about sork? I have sork at seven. Ooh, dead last. Boom. Yeah. Wow. Now, Hot the reason take. I say that is because, like Davies said, they can't be in fights. They cannot. Yeah. They they're will squishy. get nuked. And yes. I think that they're more single target than Nightblade is, but they do less damage. And the only real thing that I think they bring to group play is if you're playing around negates. Negate is yeah yes the the maybe the best thing that they can bring to the table is a negate sort. So, so that's the, why the other things like a like a rush sork you know can be very very good. But that's the thing like we were saying about nightblades, you kind of have to build sork a specific way and make your team comp around that for it to really shine. 
But as far as just like a generic garden variety sort, throw it into a team in pre-maids is probably not going to do super great. The way like a just a typical DK or a typical Templar probably yes. would be fine. Okay, so for sorcerer, what what's math here? Five plus six is eleven. Whoa. Plus seven is eighteen. You didn't Wait, give us your David. score. Yet. You didn't Come give on. us your score. Oh right, right, right. You right. haven't gone yet. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess this new this new technique up. Uh, sorcerer, I'm giving sorcerer uh, number five for group synergy. So kind of towards the bottom half of the list. And yeah, I think Templar kind of challenges them quite a bit. And as far as the value that Sorks have brought to a team in the pl- in the past, which is that that long range execute securing those kills for your team. You know, there was a time when no one could match Sork uh, on that, but now Templar is maybe even better at that. You know, d- depending on the situation. Plus, the Templar can heal more. They're harder to kill. They're, they're way more brawly. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think the Templar class specifically is what bumps Sorcerer down, and they, there's really no other niche for them to fill. You know, so they just they just kind of they don't they don't make the cut for like your your optimal squad. I don't think. So yeah, six plus five plus seven is eighteen. Am I right? That sounds right. Does that sound like yep. math? Wait. 18. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, I wonder how this is going to go. The warden <laughs> class. Uh, wait, whose turn is it to go first? I think it's one of by my dog's turn to go first. What do you think about wardens, dog? I have a feeling we're all going to have very similar answers here. <laughs> um, I have warden at one, and I think that's a fairly obvious reason why because any Gr- game you grizzly Khan with... says total score of three next <laughs> <laughs> no but that's honestly dude like if you any game you play if somebody has a warden built right they're gonna have top damage they're gonna have top healing they don't mm-hmm. die ever they've got cc they have they have everything they are one-stop yeah. shop for literally everything for group play and they're giving their entire team more max health more max health yeah Applying minor brittle, a uh, major bre- like come on. They're uh, they're ensuring that your um, your major armor buff stays active. I mean the best heals in the game. You you don't really have a team if you don't have a warden, right? right? Like if you're the only team without a warden, you don't you really don't stand a chance. I don't think you lose. Yeah, I'll put warden at number one as well. I would. I, I mean, uh, our our good buddy Joral. Shout out to Joral. He's made the joke before. Warden's really number zero because, like I just said, you don't have a team without a warden. That's just a, a given. You know. You know. Of course, you're going to have a warden, but we can't we can't give him a number zero. So we're going to go with number one. <laughs> Typically, as a healer, but you know, uh, Uncle Sam, his warden gets as much healing as a healer plus five million damage. Plus, you know, <laughs> so, that's what I'm five million saying. heals, five million damage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Davius, what do you think about Warden? Uh, you know, just like we've been saying, I've got him number one. Um, just you know, the the best just pressure. They're they're going to be max damage. They're going to be max heals, and they're going to be the tankiest one to kill. Just you have to have one for 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 high end group play. It starts with the Warden. Yeah, it's just that's that's the foundation. Everything's built on top of that. Pretty much. Yep. Total score of three. Grizzly called it. Okay, opposite end of the spectrum. May, well, I don't know. I don't want to give away. I don't hey, want to hey. spoilers. Uh, the necromancer class. Um, I'll go first on this one. I'm putting them in last place Ooh. for group synergy. They're number seven for me. 
Again, it's not to say you can't build a good necromancer and have uh, something good to offer in group uh, in group play. They do have a lot of damage. That ultimate, you know, you can you can line up some really really nasty combos with that, and especially in group play where they can they can fill a lot of the missing pieces that necro can't get for themselves, like your major damage buff, your major crit buff, and stuff like that. They can kind of they don't have to worry about filling up their bar space to get those things because, you know, the Dragon Knight's giving them their weapon buff and the Warden's giving them their armor buff and that kind of thing. So they benefit from groups quite a bit. But there's nothing really, like when you think of, you know, everyone's competing with everyone else for a spot and a squad. And what is it that a Necro does that somebody else doesn't do better? You know, they're, they're, you really can't even think of anything. Even the thing that, like, they should be the best at, which is, like, summoning an army of minions, you know, Probably a Sorka does that better, right? Because their minions are actually targetable and permanent mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And and even like, you know, like the Major Defile that you get from Blastbone, the guaranteed Major Defile, Templar has that too with Dark Flare. Warden has that with Corrupting Pollen. So it really is just that kind of Hulk Smash Ultimate is the only real thing they bring to the table. Nothing else really special about them, you know? So uh, that's where I'm at with Necromancer, number seven. Davis, what do you think? Uh, I'm right there with you, number seven. I feel like you just explained it best. Like the part that you were talking about, what's the best of them in group play is not what they can give to the group, but what the group gives to them. Like yeah. that's the <laughs> yeah. benefit for them in a group is what the rest of the group has to give to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, they, they can't even give buffs to themselves. So I think they just struggle given anything to the group. I mean, I think their one big group thing is they, they, you know, they are kind of the bomber, the necro bombers, you know, they have that set up, but like in, in, you know, in, in high, high BG group play, you can maybe get one or two bombs off. And then after that, you're kind of marked as that's kind of the move. And then people usually can adjust to that pretty quick. So. Yeah. People, people don't fall for bombs anymore. You know, everyone's yeah. health is way too high. Even if you do land it, oftentimes they're just, they just don't die, you know? Yeah. Want to buy my dog. What do you think about Necromancer? I know you're not putting them in last place. That was Sorcerer. So. No, I have them at one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, have them at, I have them at number six. And the only reason okay. I have them above Sork, they don't do anything better than any other classes. But the only reason, my, reason I have them above Sork is because they can be in the middle of things. In group fights and they can use that alt that smashes things you know a little more brawly a little bit more like little more, body block for your teammates yeah, a little more brawly they can be there in the midst of it and i guess they have some burst if you line up one of those skeletons correctly and whatever but um at the end of the day it's still a necromancer so number six but i think that they're more useful <laughs> than a sork is in a group scenario hot take man all right <laughs> Okay, and last class is the Arcanist. Um, Davius, what do you think about Arcanist for group synergy? I have Arcanist at four, which I feel like is probably I'm gonna be I'm gonna probably have them the lowest of everybody here. But kind of similar to what I was saying to Necro I mean, I think Arcanist is very good. They've got they're they're just the tankiest things out there. Very, very tanky. They they do bring a lot of good stuff to the team. Really, my biggest thing with kind of uh lowering them a little bit is that a lot of their big kind of hitting abilities are just very telegraphed. And so it's like, I feel like once you go against Arcanist kind of quite a bit, you can have a pretty good idea of, of how to um, kind of avoid their, their telegraphed kit. But that's why I have them at four. Four? Still top four is pretty good. That's that, that, they make the cut. They make know? the team. They make the team yeah. right there. What do you think about Arcanist, dog? 
I have Arcanist at the number two slot. Okay. Reason being, they do not die. <laughs> they do not. They have they have amazing crowd control. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you get an Arcanist stun off on somebody in the middle of a group fight, they are nine They're times dead. out of ten just no longer with us. So <laughs> so I Plus have the AOE there. roots with the tentacle. Yes, they have they have like a mm-hmm. walking they they just have a uh what's it called Russia agony where you suck people in they have that on demand yeah. anytime they want the beam goes crazy if you can set it up right the alt can go crazy if everybody's stacked the the dots that they have are a lot of damage yeah it's a mm-hmm. lot of dot damage mm-hmm. and a lot of status effect damage so that's why I have them at numero dos number two that's where I have them also number two. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of what I was saying when I was talking about Dragon Knight is why they 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 fill a similar role to Dragon Knight. They're super brawly. They have the crowd control. They have the the general AOE pressure, um, but they have the advantage of being able to step step back, you know, up to fifteen meters away and do all of that from there. Plus, they're even more impossible to kill than a Dragon Knight, uh, and they have some actual group support to to offer the team um, as well if they need to. Um, we did some real sweaty pre-mades, uh, last Friday and one of the enemy teams had a very, very good Arcanist. And I, I saw the value very clearly in that match, man. When, when you go in for that ult dump and you, you go in for the dog pile and that Arcanist starts beaming, I mean, it's, it's kind of a hopeless situation. You know, you're, you're rooted with the tentacle, you're getting feared in with the, the rune thingy. You just want to get the heck out of there as quickly as you possibly can. And they're, you know, and at the same time, they're out of reach. You're not able to really attack them back. They're back with their team over there behind the healer, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, number two. Um, so we have two, four, and two. Is that eight? I think that's eight. That's eight. That sounds like eight to me. Okay. <laughs> so then for group synergy, Necromancer is last place. Then we have Sorcerer second to last. Then we have Nightblade, Templar, Dragon Knight, Arcanist, Warden, number one. So what's the what's the top what's our top four there? So the team would be a Warden, an Arcanist, a Dragon Knight, and a Templar? Warden, Arcanist, Dragon Knight, Templar. Yep, I think so. Alright, so that's the, the pre-maids. Next category is solo effectiveness. Again, we're not talking about their ability to 1vx or be a lone wolf. We're talking about a class's ability to queue up in the solo queue, give me any teammates, throw any teammates at me, and we're going to win the death match because I was on the team. That's that's what we're talking about here. All right, Davius, start us off with the Dragonite. What do you think about Dragonite's solo effectiveness? This one hurts me. This one this one cuts me deep. Um, <laughs> I actually have Dragonite as six, number six, oh, number on six. solo effectiveness. Uh, and I love DK. I mean, I, I do the solo queue with the Dragon Knight, and I just feel like that in, in the current meta, you know, the, the tanky Dragon Knight that used to just always outlast you and, and just keep, you know, keep outlasting you, and it was just a, a helpless fight that were going to finish you off, is kind of gone. And I would just say, as, as someone who plays the Dragon Knight, the, the amount of dots that, that happen right now uh, without a good answer for, for a cleanse and there's they just it just they they need uh they need that team healer without that team healer 
they kind of struggle uh, in the in the solo queue, in my opinion. Their self healing is is limited, certainly yeah. without like help from proc sets and stuff. Doug, what do you think about DK in the solo queue? Um, I have DK at number five. Okay. Yes. Kind of lower middle. Lower middle. Again, they don't have the craziest burst in the game, but they are able to. They are able to set up some crowd control and maybe line up some kills for teammates that are just running around and doing whatever your teammates are doing. And you mm-hmm. do still have some kill potential with depending on how you play it. It's just, you know, especially with them nerfing corrosive recently, you have I feel like you're losing a lot. Not not saying I don't love a good leap, but it's definitely not as effective as the uh as the old corrosive <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. That definitely did bring them down a bit, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dragonite for me, I put them dead last. Number seven. Ooh. Oh, uh, for solo effectiveness. These numbers are <laughs> killing me. My God. Oh. Uh as as you know, as awesome as they are in a group when they have that support, when they don't have that support, and when you like I was saying, when you don't know what kind of teammates you're gonna get, like you get three complete noobs and you're, you're, or three night blades that are just invisible the whole time, and it's just all up to you to just stand out there and handle it. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of night bla- or a lot of uh, Dragon Knight lately, and that's what I'm running into. Is man, it's hard to handle yourself in that situation as a Dragon Knight compared to like even a Templar. Like on my Templar, that's I'm fine. I'm gonna be fine in that situation. I feel like a Dragon Knight struggles more than other classes when you don't really know what kind of teammates you can rely on. Okay, so uh, I think that's seven, six, five. That's eighteen. Ooh. Dragon Knights. Man, Ooh. painful day for the DK. <laughs> painful, <laughs> painful. I thought, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm glad you guys kind of put them lower down too. I was thinking that was going to be my hot take, having Dragon Knight solo. But I, you guys are kind of with me on that. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm glad to see that because I feel like the conventional wisdom is, oh, DK is OP, you know. But yeah, and that solo queue, not so much. You know, they yeah. kind of need a team. Well, and you made a great point too. If you're with three Nightblades or two Nightblades and a Sork, it's like they're never going to be in the fight with you. And then on a DK, you're a brawler. Like you have to be up in the fight. And when you're up in the fight just by yourself, you are a very easy target. Yeah. Yes. All right. Next up, Nightblade. Want to buy my dog? How does Nightblade do with solo effectiveness? I said two. Hey, two's good. Okay. Okay. I said two because if you're a good Nightblade and you're solo queuing, most games you will have top kills or oh, yeah. second Night top kills a rock or star. something you yeah. will always always have top kills it's just it's hard not to the burst is insane soul tether is crazy and solo queue you just yeah. can't beat it so i i said two i like it i put nightblade at number three but i uh i definitely agree uh they they, they pile those bodies up you know and i was saying that um we don't necessarily mean a, a class's ability to to be a lone wolf or whatever, mm-hmm. but it just so happens that they they can do that and get you know twenty kills a match, you know. So <laughs> yes. so that counts, you know that that counts. If you're if you guys are winning the deathmatch because you have a giant mountain of bodies to show for your efforts, then that counts. I would say. Davis, what do you think about Nightblade? I actually have Nightblade at number one. my man uh just for you dog just for you no i i mean i just think with the buff that the buffs that nightblades have received the the basically 
free burst heal that they have. They can go invisible. Um, I've been in, as, as a DK main, I've been in many solo BGs where fights going a little bit south. You know, you've got a Nightblade right there with you. You turn around, Nightblade's disappeared. Uh, and then you go down and they just, I just think that they are, they are very well equipped to survive fights when they go bad. They've got great kill potential, um, and just really good survivability. Plus they can throw out a great, you know, they, they can kind of throw out team heals if they need to, if it's going to be a kind of a brawl, but if the team's really bad and they need to just kind of put it on their shoulders, I think they have the entire kit to do that. So I actually have them number one spot. Yeah, they're doing great. It's amazing how much things have turned for Nightblades in Battlegrounds. You remember a time when a Nightblade was complete dead weight in Battlegrounds. Yeah, you, you, know, you got like mad you were, if one was on your team. I was like, you were, oh, it was not. Nightblade. Yeah, you were upset to see a Nightblade on your team. But that is not the case at all anymore. I'm usually pretty happy to see a Nightblade now, especially if I know it's a pretty decent one. Yep. Templar for solo effectiveness. I'm going to put Templar number one. Ooh. Might be a little biased because I'm a Templar main and I play a lot of solo queue. But um, like I was saying about Templar with, uh, with the group synergy discussion, they, they have it all. They have every tool you could ever want in a PvP build. Whatever teammates you give me, whatever we're lacking in that group comp, I'm going to be able to provide that. And I'm not going to have to be able to switch builds to do it, right? If we don't have a healer, okay, I'll be the healer. Oh, we do have a healer. Okay, I'm going to go on offense and I'm going to be beaming and stealing kills and you know, you can just kind of be in every mode all the time. You can be a brawler. You can stand right next to the DK and hang right with them and body block and all that stuff. There's just nothing they can't do. I think they're the ultimate team carry uh, in uh, in the solo queue. Templar number one. What do you think, Davius, about Templar? This one, this one's going to hurt you, Kit. This is. Uh, I actually have Templar at number five. It seems incredibly low, uh, and I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a reflection of where I think they're at in the solo queue. Um, I think it's more of just the classes that I that I have above them, but mm-hmm. I think you know, like we said, I think they have all the toolkits or the tool, you know, the, all the tools to to be effective and be really good. I just think that uh, to me, I'm I'm not fully over the jabs nerf, uh, <laughs> and, and I know that there's other ways, and they have other things. You know, they've got the beam, they've got good CC, they've got good team heals when they need to do that. And they can make a team a lot, lot better. Um, but I think if they're kind of off by themselves, I think some of the some of the nerfs have, have kind of hurt them a little bit. So I'm sorry, I missed it. What number did you give them? Number five. Oh, number five. Okay, all right. Wow, that's not you know, that's far. <laughs> it's far cry from number one, but. Uh... <laughs> uh... All right, Doug. What do you think about Templar for solo effectiveness? I think that I'm going to hurt you slightly less because I okay. have them at number four. All right, my man. Right, here we go. Going here the right go. direction. All right. <laughs> now, in my opinion, in solo queue, Templar, I mean, hey, they got some healing. They're tanky. They could put that little bubble on them and they're like, look at me. I have a bubble on me. And then they don't die, right? Mm-hmm. And um, True. There, there have been so many, so many games where there is a Templar who all they do is beam and that is all they have yes. to do and i will mm-hmm. die every single time yeah. and <laughs> yes. and i also know that there has been games where we're on a specific map and sometimes you get javelined off the map 15 times in one yep. game oh yeah yep you know you sure do so so yeah 
I got them at four. I, f- I feel like they're pretty solid <laughs> in the solo queue, and they could definitely rack up some kills with that beam and on specific maps with the javelin. I feel like you're putting them lower out of spite, you know? And, like, <laughs> and that might be part of it. That might be part of it. Who's to say? Who's to say? Right? For spite. Grizzly pointed out that I forgot to give the total score for Nightblades. It's, it's number six, so Nightblade's in the lead so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Templar, between the three of us, uh, has a score of 10. So they're in second place so far. It's uh, Nightblade, Templar, Dragon. 10. That's a, good, <laughs> that's a good score. That's a good score. It's okay. I'm, hey, 10's great. I'm, I'm fine with 10. <laughs> you sound great. You sound fantastic. <laughs> I love 10. 10. I love 10. It's great. We just have to keep our composure. <laughs> composure. Uh, oh, God. All right. Um, Okay, Sorcerer, Davis Starjumper for solo effectiveness. How do you rate uh, Sorcerer? I actually have Sorcerer at three. I was kind of surprised after I tinkered with my list that I had them this high, but I think just um, good kill secure, and when they're streaking around a map, they're, I mean, how many times have you been in a map and a sort kind of starts streaking off and you're like, forget it. Like, I'm not, I can't catch them. I'm not going to chase them down. And you just kind of redirect. And so I think... No, I chase them and waste all of my stamina and then they kill me. <laughs> and then they turn around <laughs> and kill you. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, similar to my, my theories with Nightblade. I, I think that they, they are kind of that in that same boat. Not as good as Nightblade right now, but they very mobile, very on the move. They've got good kill secure. Um, and they can, they can really... When they line up their combo, it's, it's a lot. And it is at range. And so I think they can, they can make a, a bad team a lot better because they can get uh, they can kind of once again kind of put the load on their shoulders mm-hmm. okay want to buy my dog what do you think about sork i have sork at number three okay pretty high scores for sork similarly to what davius has so eloquently said is it's <laughs> kind of like nightblade you know, you can get in, get out, pick up a kill, get out. Like, it's it's very easy to do that on a Sork, especially if you have Dawnbreaker or something like that, or if you're a Magic Sork and you're overloading, whatever, you, whatever you're doing. It's extremely yeah. easy to go in and dish out a whole bunch of damage and then be like, all right, peace out, guys. Yeah, totally agree. I have Sorks at number two, uh, second uh, best for the solo queue, and basically I agree with all those same things. Uh, Kind of like Nightblade, they they can kind of just rack up a giant pile of bodies and just say, look what I did, you know, and and you just win simply because of that. Plus, they do have the bird heal, which is really, really great in groups. Um, so I think they they kind of have a lot of what Templar has going for them, where they can kind of just take whatever group and, and make that group better, most likely. Uh, the thing that makes them not as good as Templar is that they cannot brawl, like we were saying earlier. So if it's a bad situation, the Sork is going to bail, and now you're outnumbered. Sorry about your luck, you know, <laughs> how that goes. Um, but still, if you're the only team with a Sork, you're going to be the team with all the kills, so you win. Um, all of us, we talked. Oh, yeah, we all talked. Okay, so six, seven, eight. Sork has a score of eight. Puts them. I'm I'm kind of keeping a tally as we go now because I, l- I learned my lesson from the first category. That puts Sork in second place behind Nightblade. Ooh. Uh. Okay. Want to buy my dog? What do you think about Warden in solo effectiveness? I actually still have Warden at number one. Number one for solo. Okay. I have them at number one because although you do not have that just superset synergy that you would have with a you know uh group queue 
you are able to go in and you can make sure that your team just doesn't die. And you still do a lot of damage. So I still have them at number one because... Well, actually, just those reasons. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're wardens. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> They're wardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm putting warden actually at number four for solo effectiveness. Um, and that seems low because warden's obviously amazing. And all the things we've said about warden's all true. They can have a ton of damage, a ton of healing and all that. Um, I think for me, what brings them down a bit is that, you know, if your team doesn't have a Sork or a Templar or somebody like that, then all that damage can often just translate to kills for the other team. You know, you're not necessarily ensuring the victory of your team, even though you may be performing extremely well. You know, taking that, like, no matter what team comp, no matter who's on your team, you know, taking that into consideration, I feel like, yeah, Warden's going to make them, you know, unable to die, but, you know, is, is it actually going to ensure that they have more kills than the other teams also? I don't know. I don't know about that. So that brings me down to number four for me. Davis, what do you think about Warden? I also have them at number four. Uh, I agree with everything you said, dog. I would say the reason I kind of have them a little bit on four still in the upper half, but um, the the kill secure. Uh, they have a great kit. They do everything. They do a lot of good stuff, but kind of getting kills um, without a kind of focused, you know, really group comp, I think that they could struggle kind of getting some kill secure. Nice. So that gives them a total right. score of nine. For group synergy, so that puts them, I think, right behind Sorcerer. Is that right? Right in front of Templar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, low, lower score is better, right? Okay, so they're better than Templar. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dog wanted you to know that. Just that part. Just that one. It's part. very important. Hold on. Just I demand a recount. Just <laughs> remind <laughs> a recount. Necromancer, I'm putting Necromancer at number six, second to last. If you remember, I put Dragonite at dead last. Okay. And uh, and the main reason for Necromancer is, you know, Necromancer does actually have somewhat of a support kit. So you, you can build them in such a way where you can kind of be ready for any team. You know, if you have a team that needs a bit more support, you can kind of flex into that role. And if they need more damage, you can flex into that role. They They just, they are capable of that. And Dragon Knights really aren't. That's the only thing that bumps them up one notch above them. Um, but basically, aside from that, you know, every other class aside from Dragon Knight does that better than they do. So, number six, Davis, what do you think? Uh, I have Necros at number seven. Double okay. sevens for me so far for the Necro. Uh, really, all my notes on this are just uh, poor Necromancer. <laughs> yeah, not a poor, lot needs to be said poor, <laughs> poor necro that's that's uh that's that's what i have there yeah they're basically just a weaker version of everyone else yes dog what do you think i also have necro at seven and necro at seven. They, they for lack of better words they just smell like shit so <laughs> <laughs> all right get the bleep ready for that <laughs> yeah, get the bleep yeah get the bleeps the bleep no real discussion needed on that. They, uh, I think all the stuff we've said about them already just kind of still applies. You know, they just kind of lack the, the tools. And by the time you, you spend the build investments you need to get the basic stuff that you have to have in a PvP build, you, there's no investments left the way other classes are still, you know, if you're a Dragon Knight and you get that buff coverage, and then you still have a lot of room to like, okay, let me get some more sustain in my build. Let me get some more damage in my build. But with Necro, you're kind of, 
out of options, which means you're just not as powerful as everyone else. You're not, you're not able to make those investments the way they are. All right, so Necro, that puts them in last place so far, but we still have to talk about Arcanist. There could be a surprise here. Uh, whose turn is it? Davius, what do you think about Arcanist in the in solo queue? I feel like I'm going to come in with a hot take here, but I have Arcanist at number two. Uh, I have them very high on my list, uh, mainly for just their insane tankiness. You know, I feel like in, in the solo queue, one of the big differences for me from group queue to solo queue, group queue is very, you, you kind of, you know who your targets are. You, you've got targeted, you know, on teams, and you kind of work through your target rotation. In the solo queue, it's just like everybody shifts to whoever the low health person is, and you just, you know, everybody's kind of shifting around, and so nobody's really targeting the same person and if you come across an Arganist in the solo queue i just feel like that they are you know odds are you're just going to walk away from them because you know one or two people is not gonna be able to take them down yeah if i see that they're an Arganist and they have 40k health i'll go find a warden to attack yep. i'll have better luck with that <laughs> yep. you just walk away from them so i think yeah. um just due to that tankiness with you know i, I think that really uh works in their favor in, in the solo queue so i have them at number two number two uh, Doug, what do you think about Arcanist and Solo Queue? I have a different hot take. I have Arcanist all the way down at six. And six. I have them wow. at six for kind of the same reason, Davius, you said you have them at two. I put them at six because I feel like all they really do in a Solo Queue is bring tankiness. I think that, especially if you're like a beam Arcanist, it is so hard to line that up Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. in a solo mm -hmm. queue when you don't have people helping you crowd controlling everything and sucking people in using Russia whatever it might be I feel like it's so hard to use that beam and actually have it be valuable without mm -hmm. hopefully lining something up yourself but usually you tentacle somebody and they just dodge roll away and then you're still stuck without being able to hit your beam because hitting somebody on the move is a whole different game entirely so <laughs> That's not to say they're not fun, and it's not to say that they don't have their moments, but I just I, I personally put them down at six because I think that oh, again, all they really do is just <laughs> thank you to the table. <laughs> yeah. I'm kinda down in that region with you, dog. I put them at number five, so kind of just below that that lower half there. And I think my reasoning is similar to what I was saying about Warden. Like they, they can apply a lot of pressure and stuff like that, but it doesn't necessarily always translate to uh, a bunch of kills for your team. So they, they can be a really great kind of anchor for your team and, you, you know, draw aggro and, you know, a lot of benefits to having them there. But it just doesn't necessarily mean you guys are going to win the, the death match, especially if another team has a Sork or a Templar or something like that. So definitely no one's going to be mad about having an Arcanist on the team, but, you know, other classes are just a little bit better. So 5, 2, and 6 equals 13 for Arcanist. I think that puts them just below Templar on the final list. So, all right, this this one's going to be a little smoother. I'll go, I'll go from first to last on this one. For solo effectiveness, number one is Nightblade. Then we have Sork, Warden, Templar, Arcanist, Dragon Knight, Necromancer last. All right, so that's group synergy and solo effectiveness down. We have one category left, which is just popularity. Which classes are the most popular? This is not, you know, we haven't been keeping count. We're just kind of going off our gut. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of this class. Um, so uh, we're going to be discussing why Nightblade is number one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, depending on, you know, what time of day we play, we might just, you know, some of us might just happen to see a lot of Dragonites or, or whatever. So I'm sure we'll have kind of different takes here. Uh, Davius, kick us off with Dragonite. How popular do you think Dragonite is these days? I have Dragonite slotting in right at number four. Number four. Uh, still think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're popular, but I do think the corrosive nerf is probably taking its toll on the Dragonite. I feel like you don't see as many DKs as you used to. Yeah, yeah, it's toned down just a little bit. Dog, what do you think? I also have them at four. Ooh. Shakes hands with Davius. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, I just haven't really been seeing them as much as I used to. I still see them pretty often, but just not as much. Not compared to uh, one, two, and three. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> about fourth as much. Okay, I see. Uh, I, feel like I, I feel like they're about uh, third for me. I feel like they're about the third most popular class that I see out there. Just you couldn't join the team, could you, Ket? You couldn't. Come on, Ket. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm changing it. Let me redo my list really. <laughs> Thank quick. you. Yeah. New math everywhere. New math all across the board. <laughs> so four plus four plus three is eleven, I believe. So we'll go with that. Want to buy my dog? What about Nightblade? How popular is Nightblade? <laughs> one, number one. <laughs> number one. <laughs> That's right. Uno. Um. No, but seriously, every. Every game you go into. I've been in games multiple times where my entire team has been Nightblades, including myself. And mm-hmm. other teams also have Nightblades. And you don't really get that with other classes. So, one. It's not uncommon for six of the 12 players mm-hmm. to be Nightblades. Absolutely. It's really not. A lot of snipes. <laughs> A lot of... Oh, so many snipers. That's the thing. Most of them are snipers. Is, is yeah. Thing too. Yep. Uh, yeah, I have Nightblade number one as well for, yeah, I mean, there's no reason. I just, I just see a lot of Nightblades. Davis, what do you think? Got Nightblade as number one. People like being invisible. People want to be invisible right now. It's, uh, it's, it's all the rage. It's all the rage. Nobody wants to be the center of attention. (laughs) Templar, I'm going to put Templar at the sixth most popular class, second to last. That's just kind of where I'm feeling there. What do you think, Davis? Wow. I'm right there with you. I got them at number six. Uh, number I think six. I think that they're in a better spot than what the kind of what their PR is right now. Um, mm-hmm. But their their image, I feel like, is kind of very low. But I think they're actually in a pretty good spot as a class. But I don't think that's caught up to the community yet. Yeah, I think some people are starting to catch on, but the community at large, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Doug, what do you think about Templar popularity wise? I actually care about Templar, okay? <laughs> I see you guys don't, but I actually care. I'm a Templar main, so I'm a little biased. No. But <laughs> no, I have them at five. So I'm just, you know. Okay. You just care more. It, it's not as bad as six, but, you know, number five. And no, number five, no real still, reason. Still lower half. I mean, just, uh, just recently, I feel like I've been seeing more Templars rolling around doing Templar type things. So. A lot of beams. Still not, <laughs> still not, you know, as much as other classes, but yeah, you see Templars. All right. So uh, Templar has a total score of seventeen. So they're they're last place so far. It's Nightblades, Dragonites, Templars. The list so far. Sorcerer Davius, what do you think about Sorcerer? Uh, I have Sorcerer at five, uh, which is kind of okay. crazy to me because like. You know, sorcerer's the like that's the OG, 
you know, king on the throne, the the sorcerer class there. So it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy to see them this far down. But that um, is true. Ki- kind of the points of what we've made. They just um, still very good mobility. Um, but uh, I think that they just uh, once again, community wise, I feel like the community is not super happy with where they're at right now. Um, they're very dependent on that pet. And I know that people kind of are mixed feelings on that as a heel. Um, but yeah, you just, you just don't see as much of them right now. Yeah. Bit of a sork lull these days. What do you think, dog? I have them at number three. I feel like I've been seeing more sorks recently because I, there's been a surge of bow sorks and it's mostly mm-hmm. stam sorks to be fair. Bow sork is just another mm-hmm. type of stam sork, I guess, but I've been seeing a lot of stam sorks specifically using bows doing that reliquin thing and stuff like that so i've I've seen them streaking around quite a bit so again number three <laughs> seen them streaking you've seen them streaking. yeah they do they, that's what they do they streak i don't know what to tell you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they certainly do that if they nothing certainly else. do <laughs> i'm giving sork number five uh lower half of the list and again it's just kind of good i just feel like i'm seeing sorks about you know, fifth as often as everyone else. So um, that's a total of a score of 13 that puts Sorks in third place. Right behind DK, right in front of Templar. Come on, Templar. <laughs> uh, I want to buy my dog. What do you think about Wardens? How popular are Wardens? Oh, man, I got a hot take. Well, not really because it's popularity, <laughs> but I uh, I have them at six. Ooh, I okay. Like, I feel like the only time I really see Wardens recently or most of the time is when you're doing a group queue uh-huh. right mm-hmm. and i don't really mm-hmm. see them a whole lot in the solo queue so i got them at six yeah i could see that i got them at four just kind of middle of the road i feel like it's an easy, an easy class for most people to just kind of pick up and be okay at you know so a lot of people just go to them for that reason number four for me what do you think davius uh, similar to what you guys said, I actually have them at three, so I have them higher um, than, than what you guys do. I, I still think that they're they're still one of the, I mean, based on the scores, they're one of the best classes in the game right now. I just think that uh, uh, the overall vibe, I feel like, is that players are kind of starting to get, I don't want to say bored, that seems too strong. They're kind of bored with the, the Warden setup right now, but um, it definitely seems like Warden players are kind of moving on to to experience other things, but they're still very, very good. So I feel like I still run into them a decent amount. Yeah, I think that's what's cool about doing these categories. It kind of highlights like different classes are good at different things, you know, and it wouldn't be right if Warden was number one in all three categories, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so Warden has a total score of 13 between the three of us, which ties them with Sorcerer. So it's Sork Mm -hmm. and Warden. Third most popular, according to the three of us. Okay, and next is Necromancer. I'm going to put Necromancer at the the seventh most popular class. I'll I'll, I'll state it positively: the seventh most popular <laughs> class. They came in at right <laughs> at seven. Did their best. Is uh, the Necromancer? What do you think, Davius? Uh, I'm going to stick with my trend, and I got triple sevens for the Necro. Ooh, that's lucky. Uh, sticking, you know. Triple sevens, and I'm sticking with my note. Uh, just poor, poor Necro. Poor Necro. Necros. Dog, what do you think? We could have all set our numbers my... at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine at seven. So what's that, 21? Seven times three is 21. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Last class to talk about is Arcanist. 
Davis, where do you put Arcanist for popularity? I have Arcanist at number two. I mean, naturally, I feel like brand new class. Uh, people are yep. excited about it. People want to play it. Uh, but they, they seem to be all over the place right now. Plus, they're, they're people I feel like have kind of really figured out the class well, and they, they're a high-performing class. Uh, so I think they're kind of riding that wave. So I've got them at number two. Nice. Want to buy my dog? I also have Arcanist at number two. They're a new class. They're amazing. They don't die. They're number two. And the visuals are flashy. Oh They're, my god! It's, fun. The, it's the like aesthetics. fun to look at. Yeah, exactly. The aesthetics are awesome. The beam looks cool. Tentacle looks. And people cool. love people love not dying, right? Oh my like, god! And it's just it's so really, easy to not die. It's a big it's really thing. One of people's favorites. If you were to ask somebody if they wanted to die or not die, they're probably going to say, "I don't want to die." That's what I would say. So there you uh, go. I'd have to think on it. I'd have to think on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put them at two as well. So that's a total score of Ooh. six for Arcanist. That puts hey, we them did in it. second place. Yeah, we agreed. We all, well, on, no, well we all agreed on Necro. Two in a row. Yeah, we got two in a row here. Oh, yeah. Can't forget right. Necro. Well, a little bit of a streak. A little bit of a hot streak going. So for popularity, the most popular class is Nightblade, followed by Arcanist, Dragonite, Sorks and Wardens tied for fourth, and then Templar and Necro uh, is last. So there you go. So let's total these up here. Oh man, I gotta do like math and stuff. So gotta do some real math here. Okay, so we got the we got the three categories hashed out. Um, so we. When we add up all three of those categories together, what we end up with with our final list is uh, last place, Necromancer. Mm. Uh, and then going up from there, we have Sorcerer, Templar, Dragon Knight, Arcanist, Warden number two, Nightblade number one. That one surprises me. I was expecting Warden number one for the overall list. Also surprised. I think those, those, those Nightblade buffs coming through. Mm-hmm. You can't argue with science. That popularity score helps them quite a bit, plus they're awesome in solos, you know, so that that brings them up quite a lot. Warden's main thing is groups, and that's just one of the categories. So, um, yeah, Templar and Dragonite's technically tied, but uh, I I, I made a rule that in the event of a tie, whatever uh, class has the better uh, group synergy score uh, will win that in that case, so that bumps Dragonite up just above Templar, number four versus number five there. So Nightblade wins the the BG report this year. It wasn't very long ago. Nightblades were dead last. Yeah, that's crazy to think ago. about. They were yeah. dead last. That's fun. Okay, honorary mention for Werewolf. Technically not a class, so they don't really get to be a part of it. But theoretically, about where do you think werewolves would be? Davius, what do you think? Uh, above Necro. <laughs> push, Necro <laughs> okay. push Necro to eight, Werewolf would be seven. That's probably where I'd All right. i'm in the same boat i mean because look werewolf werewolf is fun at the end of the day running around at wooing doing werewolf things it's a fun time it's probably more fun than necro so yeah (laughs) just for the fun factor alone werewolves werewolves provide themselves with their own buffs necros can't say that you know they're just constantly (laughs) moving it's five buttons yeah like Mm -hmm. it's whatever Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i'd put it above necro 
What about you, Mr. Kit? I feel like I'd put I feel like I would put werewolf below necromancer. I would rather have a necro Ooh. on my team than a werewolf, I think. Mm. Like if I'm looking at my teammates, I think I'm I'm gonna benefit more from having the necro on my team than the werewolf. Well, I don't know. It depends if I'm fighting against people that really like to target werewolves that might help me out some. So. <laughs> I think I'd put them last place. Just in general, they they inherently don't have a ton to offer a team outside of their their brawliness. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. They're yeah. not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're not in the best spot they've ever been right now either. Well, there you have it. That's the BG report, guys. We did it. We got through it. I kind of like this system. I think we might try it again next year if I don't think of something better. <laughs> Appreciate your help, dog. But we're not done yet. We have a whole kind of latter third of the show here. Why don't we take one more, like, two-minute break? Because it's this could be this could be kind of a lengthy portion. So uh, let's take one more break, and uh, we'll finish this thing up. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about what's just been going on here lately in the game. First thing I want to mention that uh, I've experienced since the last time we talked is these uh, all-in-one attunable crafting stations. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, I just looked at one for the first time a few days ago. It is not what I thought it was. I thought it was like you would combine four crafting stations into one. No, you combine all crafting stations in the game into one crafting station. You walk up to one crafting station and then you choose from a list what set you want to craft. It blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. It's like guild halls are a totally different ballgame now. Game changer. It's so clean. Yeah, so clean. Everything's just like nice and tidy. And uh, yeah, I was just I was surprised and delighted by that. I was assuming it was a completely different thing uh, this whole time. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about the Endless Archive, Davius. Oh, you've had a... I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were, I knew you well, were going to ask a, me. You had a, a weird disaster? thing happen Is that what we yesterday. could call it? Just a total disaster? <laughs> yeah. yeah you're, you're <sighs> far, your grinding luck is, nev- is always so it's bad. It's legendary. It is, uh, <laughs> it's legendary at this point. So I, you know, as, as we know, I've been farming for the DK set. Uh, an endless archive. Uh, got to the point where I didn't get the pieces I wanted, so I just farmed it to the very end. Uh, just farmed all pieces. I don't know how many runs that is, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last piece that uh, I didn't have was the was a, a medium legs that I needed. So I ran, got medium legs, and then I went and looked at my inventory, and it said that I did not have the um, one-handed hammer. It was saying that I didn't have it. And I looked through my inventory, wasn't there. And I was like, all right, maybe I overlooked this. Don't have the hammer. That's fine. And at this point, I'm like, all right, I got one more run to do. I'm just going to run this one more time. So I did. And I got a Templar helm drop. The Templar yeah. set uh, a helm drop instead of the hammer drop on my DK. On your DK. Ran it again. Ran it again just to be sure. Got the necro helm drop. So I. Yeah. So could I tell you something? Get. Yes. <laughs> you actually, and I found this out because um, our good friend Nacho had the same problem. You don't actually get weapons until arc two or three. It's it's you don't get them oh. right away. You can't get them from the first arc. I know that much. I don't know about two. 
but I know for a fact you cannot get them from Arc 1. So that's why... So you completed the loot table uh, of that yes. boss, uh, and it spilled over to the other sets. Yep. So okay. I've got to get to boss 2 and win. You have to go further. You have to what jump higher. What a nightmare. Yeah, I don't know how many runs I've done, but I've done a lot. Good to okay. know. Okay, that's good to know. You've solved the mystery, dog. Uh, I just need to do a, a, another run. That's right. <laughs> and, and, a long, and a longer one. So yes. it's not just the game, like, messing with you, Not though. just like, coming at least after no. me. That's good. Okay, I'm glad we had this talk, because I was like, what the heck? Okay. The most, so you... the most terrifying part about it, I have to say, was as I was on the final boss, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get this final piece, Ket made the joke. Just on point and a little terrifying. Kept made the joke. What if they drop like a Templar piece instead of the piece you need? We laughed oh. it off, said, ha ha, that's oh, hilarious. No. <laughs> Didn't check my info- inventory if what's in there, that's a Templar exactly piece. It's like, yeah, Grizz what? makes a good point though in the chat. Um just get buy a curated box and you're you're good yeah, to go. Just you know? one curated box and, and yeah. go. Those curated boxes are expensive. Expensive. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been able to like fifteen k. I think validate spending the fifteen k mm-hmm. uh, instead of the just buying the two k. But maybe, maybe that's the way to go. Well, now since you just have that one left, I think it's totally worth the fifteen k now because you're guaranteed to get it. So it's just that one thing left. You have all the other weapons. You just have the. You just need I have to get every. The one that I have every other have. single everything except for one hammer, and that's all you wanted. Well, I just wanted to complete the set out at right. this point. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll just uh, no, just uh, okay. Funny story. I'm glad we got to the bottom yeah, of that. Though. We so at now least we know it. we I'll all just... we all learn something here. People listening maybe have run into a similar thing. <laughs> oh, so yeah. there we go. Good deal. I'll just I'll just talk somebody into running to through the second boss with me. I'll get somebody to do a run with me. We have some builds to talk about. Want to buy my dog? You're our special guest. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd. I'll let you kick it off with your brawler blade. George George hides in bush is the name. Is that right? George does hide in bush. Mm. That is (laughs) correct. (laughs) Favorite pastime. Sure. (laughs) Now, yeah, I mean, the build, I I was joking about it earlier, but it's really just, what do I want to throw with Rallying Cry today? And it's really just personal preference. Currently, I'm a big way of fire enjoyer. So I have Way oh, yeah. of Fire with Rally and Cry, a little Balorg, you know, to take the edge off. Uh, <laughs> Markin and um, One Piece Trainee. But another thing you can do if you really want to be a, a meta man is is uh, get rid of Markin, get rid of Trainee, and run Master Dual Wield and Double Bar uh-huh. Way of Fire. That goes crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. And I actually do have one other build that has been really fun. Uh, me and kdms another friend of ours here we have been for a while we were trying to figure out a good range nightblade build to put together because we just both missed it and we actually did come Mm -hmm. up with something pretty solid it is well it's again way of fire uh with back bar rally and cry the main the main difference is that you run (laughs) same build got it same build same build different build same same but different it's it's same but different the main difference (laughs) comes with the um the mythic and the bar setup you would have to do but uh uh-huh. you run kajalners that monster set with the scaly hand that comes out of the ground which c- can hit for uh-huh. like 10k sometimes that thing's crazy strong yeah and you you sync that up with either an in cap bow or a fear bow 
and you use Swallow Soul as your spammable, which is insane sustain for your health. Your health does not leave the building. It stays with you at yeah. all times. Yeah. And uh, that was all. It's just a fun build to use. Way of Fire, Rallying Cry, uh, Sea Serpent's Coil, Kajowner, Lightning Staff, Front Bar. I've uh, really been enjoying the new Nightblade set, Soul Cleaver, on a ranged Nightblade. That's fun, too. Yeah. Swallow, swallow Souls soul. with that slap, and yeah. the healing slaps is good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was just a fun build I've been using. Yeah. Now, R- Rallying Cry and Wave of Fire, I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not going to go wrong with that, pretty much. That's, that's going to be good on almost anything. Yes, indeed. Oh, thanks, man. Davis Starjumper, you have resurrected the Guarplar. The Guarplar is back. On? The OG Guarplar. Uh, the build is back. Uh, it is a uh, five-piece Cold Harbor's favorite, uh, two-piece Engine Guardian, uh, two-piece Trainee, and then I do the Maelstrom Resto, with a, and it's an Oakensole uh, one-bar mm-hmm. build. The the bar setup uh, on the heel side, it's um, the Breath of Life. It's actually the other morph of that, but it will always forever be called Breath of Life, regardless. Yeah, that's just what you call it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, just what yeah. you call it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's the the Breath, uh, breath of Life, uh, Radiating Region, Extended Ritual, and then I do the Practice incanta- uh, Incantation for the uh, for the ult, and that's that uh, Templar Heal ult. And then I use yeah. the Morph that lets you, what that one is, that's the Morph that still lets you move. Um, and then I just have two, the other pieces of the bars are just kind of utility. Um, Spots for me, I use Race Against Time, and then I do the Symbiosis, um, which is the the Sigic skill line ability that makes your light attacks heal. And that's so cool. that that's what makes the Guarplar work. Is that's, you, that's the secret. It's only heals. He does zero damage, so the Cold Harvest <laughs> favorite only procs the healing Guar. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, it's just as fun as it was back then. Like it, it's, I'm still loving it, and it's surprisingly effective. It really yeah. is. That's and that's where I was going to come in. Obviously, this is clearly not like your your top meta healing build, but I have been truly surprised at how effective and good it's been. We've actually, I've I've gotten into some sweaty matches. Me and you've been in some pretty decent matches with this, and it's performed well. Like good healing yeah. numbers, stays up. Uh, it's tanky. Uh, throws good heals to the team. That symbiosis is the key because that way every time Cold Harbor's favorite procs, it's always the heal because it's you're never doing damage and it's a it's a good heal. And when it's reliable like that, it's popping up at a good frequency. It's uh, and if if you if you tell your teammates about it, if they know about it, it's very clear. Like, oh yeah, hey, here it comes, circle, you know, yeah. yeah, and it like grows. You know, it kind of is letting you know like you have this much time to yep. to get to it. Uh, and you're right; it's a very very strong like area heal like a group heal so uh it works really well and and i would say that probably one of the one of my my favorite parts of running the build again is that that cold harbor favorite proc i'm always like i i mean i'm i hit that proc every single time that it goes and and it hit you know the teammates hit it too but what it really does is i'm just focusing on healing my teammates and that's really all i'm looking at and i kind of just leave that that cold harbor's favorite proc to be my self heal um, that is usually what kind of takes care of myself so I can focus on the teammates. And as long as I'm running into those procs, I'm kind of know that I'm, I'm good, uh, where I'm at. Yeah. So it works really well. I've been very, very pleasantly surprised with, with how effective it's been. It's, uh, it's so cool that you've got a resurrected your original PVP OG, build from OG build. years ago, just kind of, you know, modernized it a bit. 
Yep. Davius Starjumper, the that's the, know, the character, the, the character's name. Yeah. The, the Davius Starjumper, the original Guarpar. Nice man. Well, um, I am going to cheat just a little bit. I actually have two builds I'm going to talk about, but I, I won't take up too much time. I made two Stam DK builds and. I kind of wanted to make kind of two different versions of the same or similar build to decide which one I like the best. And I like them both a lot, so I'm probably just going to keep them both. They're, they're two different characters, so I can just kind of have them both, you know. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is Bad Sally. Um, I've talked about her in the past, and I've, I've basically taken her back to her roots, where she's just a full-on glass cannon proc cheese DK. A very non-typical... Uh, Dragon Knight build, but it's, I mean, it's rip roaring. It's super duper fun. So it's just uh, Red Mountain, Vulcan Scoria, uh, Master's Dual Wield on the front bar, Vatishran Two Hander on the back bar, uh, the Malakath Ring, and uh, this is a weird one Two Pieces Nocturnal's Ploy, just to get that <laughs> line of penetration. Um, I know, you know, one trainee and one Druid's Braid is mathematically more value, you know, but. Uh, You're full glass cannon. Glass yeah, there's, there's a hint of role play in this build, you know, and it's just like, forget survivability, you know, just uh, if if I could have to give up, you know, 3k health to have 1500 more penetration, I'm going to take that penetration. For for longtime listeners, they got to remember, Bad Sally, she, she's the one that makes fun of healers. She she <laughs> she makes yeah. fun of healers. No, nobody, nobody wants a healer. Yeah, old Dirt Bike Sally is her, her alternate name. Yeah, there's a con. So um, it's it's basically just a dot build. I gap close with uh, with critical rush. I put rending slashes, venom claw, nauseous breath on them. Uh, I also have quick cloak, which is basically another dot. Whenever people are near me, um, I actually use the stampede morph of critical rush, so that puts a dot on the ground. So all those things I'm actually getting really good Vulcan Scoria procs. Uh, they're they're coming down in a pretty regular interval. Uh, I also have all these statuses: uh, burning, poison, sundered, hemorrhaging. Um, so it's like, it's like a death by a thousand paper cuts, but the paper cuts all happen instantly, you know? Mm. So it just happens very, very fast. And uh, it's just awesome. Like thematically with a dragon knight, you have the red mountain lava and the Vulcan scoria kind of comet coming from the sky and just, you're just laying in all this pressure and you are squishy, but man, in my experience, I find that the, the outgoing damage is the defense like people are so busy just trying not to die they don't have time to try to kill you um so i find just being really really aggressive is is the best way to to go about it grizzly says that sounds fun hyper aggressive yeah yeah strongly recommend it man uh red mountain vulcan master dual wield actually vatishran back bar i i, I keep going back and forth between vatishran two-hander back bar and uh the maelstrom two-hander back bar both really good uh, Vatishran give you a little more burst when you do that heavy attack is why I like it. But the Maelstrom two-hander uh, just juices up that uh, that rending slashes even more, adds like another 1,500 damage to that. Um, so both good. And then the other Stam DK build that I made, Davis, you're, you'll be a fan of this one. This is Flossie, my Nord. There we uh, go. Dragon Knight. Now we're talking. DK and a Nord, that's the way to do it. Come on now. <laughs> so... <laughs> I basically want to take the same like type of DK build with essentially the same bar setup, but I wanted to make a more brawly, like the opposite of a glass cannon, like something that really can hang in the middle of the fight, but otherwise has the same kind of play style. So this build, it is a Nord, it's Dragon's Appetite, uh, Blood Spawn, 
And then again, Master's dual wield on the front bar, Maelstrom two-hander back bar, the Malakath ring, and then one trainee, one Druid's braid. So this one's a lot more like a kind of a typical Dragon Knight build that you would expect to see, like a, like a Dragon Knight main use, you know. So uh, same bar setup, except for any ability that where I have a morph option where one morph gives me more damage and the other morph gives me damage and healing, I'm taking the damage and healing morph on this build pretty much every time I have the option. Um, so that's, um, you know, that's blood craze instead of rending slashes, that's burning embers instead of the poison claw, uh, that's shattering rocks instead of fossilize. You know, all those things give me healing uh, as I'm using them. Plus, I get healed from Dragon's Appetite at a regular interval. When I use my ultimate, I get a big heal. On top of my regular healing abilities, you know, Vigor and Coagulate. It's just like, all these things, everything just kind of lines up perfectly. Whenever you see those Dragonites where they're in the middle of the, bl uh, of the blender, and it's like they have all these close calls where they almost die, but they miraculously come back and keep fighting. And you're like, how do they do it? I don't know if this is the only way, but this is definitely a way that they do it. I, I, I've found because I've lost these the way. Yeah, I've never been able to like play that way on a Dragon Knight. I'm, I'm always like, how do they do that? But I'm, I've, I've seen the light with this build. It you lets you do sauce. it because yeah, it has the sauce. It has all these, you know, just when you need it, you're going to get the Dragon's Appetite. And just when you need it, they're going to break out of the Shattering Rocks and you're going to get that heal. And you have the hots from the the burning embers and the blood craze and you'll get your leap and then you'll get your potion and you know it just kind of all lines up just when you need it you know it's just kind of just perfect um like i said i think like this is like a like if you were a dragon knight main and you're looking for like a serious build i, I think you could you could run this and it would work really well uh damage is very good you know even though i'm choosing those healing morphs just because of the sets that i'm using with dragon's appetite it, it adds all this just extra damage on top of all the dots that I'm doing. The uh, the uh, Maelstrom two-hander also adding a bunch of extra damage to pretty much every attack that I do. So the damage is still very, very good. Uh, and it's all attached to healing at the same time. So like you're staying offensive, whereas you're most of the time you're you're the person you're fighting can't do that, right? They they're either attacking you or they're healing. They're not doing both. And so you just kind of win that race most of the time. It's just so good. Three bloodthirsty, of course, you know, so they just don't stand a chance. As soon as they start losing health, it's just, it's over. All, before, it, before it is over, it's, <laughs> it's already over, you know. And I would say the same as with the glass cannon build. Uh, the, the lesson I've learned playing with Dragon Knight the last couple of weeks is uh, you really need to be aggressive. And when you're in trouble and you're outnumbered and things are looking bad and your instinct is to run away, that's probably the worst thing you can do because you're not going to get away, you know, but you do, you know, Dragonites are tanks. They do have the tools to handle those situations if you know how to use them. Um, you know, and it's just, I'm still in the process of learning to use those tools, you know, but I do see that they're there and your best chance for success in that situation is to really just try to fight your way out. And, and then even if you do die, you know, you went out honorably. So those are my Stam DK builds. I feel so good about these because I've, I've honestly, I feel like Dragonite's a class I've always struggled with, and I feel like I'm finally kind of finding that magic. It's good to hear. Yeah. So anyway, that's all the builds we have to talk about. Let's get into some emails here. Scrolling podcast. Oh wait, Grizzly has a question for Sally. Why Vulcan instead of Grothdar? No, no real reason. I actually have used Grothdar on her in the past. You could. 
I think I just kind of think Vulcan's cooler. You know, just aesthetics is the only real reason. Like the look of more fireballs. Yeah, more fireballs. <laughs> That's Mountain, always the answer. Vulcan. Yeah, Red Mountain and Vulcan just look cool together. Yeah, exactly. Just go together well. All right, let's read some emails. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, send us any kind of email you like. It could be ESO related or not, as long as you're nice. Every episode, um, Davis is going to pick his favorite email of the bunch, and I'm going to give them some gold. This being the BG Report, it's a special episode. We're going to go big. We're going to give away one million gold. Oh, boy. Everybody calm down. Oh, boy. Sitting up straight. <laughs> You're here to witness it, dog. You see this pressure he puts upon me. Oh, <laughs> That's all you. It's your decision. He said so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't uh, let him fool you. He loves giving my gold away. <laughs> it's one of my favorite hobbies. One of my favorite. I will say just a heads up. I, I knew this was going to be a really long episode. Uh, so there are some emails that we received that I'm saving for next episode. Don't worry. We're going to do the 1 million giveaway next time too. So everybody who wrote in gets a chance to win the million. So we're, we're going to be fair about it. But uh, if you don't hear your email on this episode, it'll definitely be on the next one. That's probably going to be a very email heavy episode. So first email comes from Golden Elf. Golden Elf says, hypothetically, if they added a spear weapon to ESO, what would that play like? What would be the active passive abilities? I imagine the ultimate would be a charging thrust that could be morphed uh, to knock back targets that are hit. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, there's more to the email, but we'll kind of stop and, and talk about that first. So uh, I'll, I'll field this first. I think, first of all, this is definitely a hypothetical a question because the, the devs have pretty much point blank said this is never going to happen. Uh, and the main reason is because they have to create art assets for every set in the game, every style in the game. You know, they have to make a spear for all of that. And it's just, it's a lot of work. They would have to, to hire an entire staff to do all of that. And it's just not something that's going to happen. They've pretty much plainly stated that in the past. But we can still imagine. I think it'd probably look a lot like the Templar's Adric spear skill line. You know, that basically is what that is. A bunch of kind of javelin spear animations. Mm-hmm. So I think they'd probably just yeah. take a lot of notes from that and maybe vary that a bit. What do you guys think? I'm kind of right there in the same boat with you. I'm thinking about other things they can do. And I, in my head, I'm imagining like a pole vault thing where you do like a slap down AOE or something with a spear. But it's also a spear. So does that make sense? I don't know. And maybe you could like spin the spear in front of you like a madman, but then I'm thinking that's kind of like jabs. So yeah, or the crescent sweep ultimate, which is a like that's from sweep. that skill line. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of where my head's at. I just it, it yeah. would essentially just be What's that? What's that skill line called that you just said for Templar? Uh, Adric Adric spear. Adric spear is yeah. right on the tip yeah. of my tongue. That's uh You yeah. don't like Templar, do you, Doc? <laughs> I just I, he hates I haven't Templar. played it. It's he not that I him. hate it, I just haven't played it. And I don't like getting beamed. And and Dog's defense, you know, the the Templars have have haunted Nightblades for years and years. That jabs, is true. Jabs just rip them right out of those stealth. For years and years they just get yanked out of stealth. So as a Nightblade band, it makes sense that he, you know, doesn't like the Templars very much. Um <laughs> I, I would just say I agree with both of you on this. I, I, I don't think that, that, I mean, the idea of a spear weapon in the game is very, very cool, but I just don't think the current game has a place for it. It, it kind of already exists with the Templar skill line. Um, they're, they're, 
even if they were to do all the art assets, I just don't think there's enough. There's not enough out there for a spear to have that skill line exist plus this weapon. Um, I think that I think probably the direction that if for for new content, I think that the direction they'd probably have to go is like more skid like more Sigic style skill lines. I think is probably I don't see him adding unarmed any skill weapons. line. Oh my god, please. It doesn't even have to be like I, I just think, you know, like the Sigic skill line was just like, hey, let's let's make a skill line that just revolves around magic a lot. You know, like yeah. could be the sky's the limit, you know. Whatever whatever theme you want to pick, there's a bunch of them out there. But I definitely think that's probably the direction we need to go. It's just more unique uh skill lines that or additional guild skill lines, you know. I don't maybe there's other guilds they could add into the game out there that would have Sword Singers, that could be yeah. a thing. So I, I definitely think there's opportunity, but I, I, I don't think that there's there's going to be an, an opportunity for, for any additional weapons. So Golden Elf goes on to say, um, how would you feel about an elementalist class that reuses the Winter's Embrace skill line from the Warden, uh, the Dragon Knight's Ardent Flame skill line, and the Sorcerer's Stormcalling skill line? Would this be viable? Would this be a viable class or trash? I'm going to go say, go ahead and say this would be more... I was thinking about this, actually. This would be more than viable. This would be absolutely, completely broken. <laughs> it be the OP class. <laughs> it would be the most OP class in the game. So Ardent Flame, Dragon Knight, you have uh, dra- basically the best damage abilities in the Dragon Knight's toolkit are all in the Ardent Flame. So you have, you have that whip, you have those two dots, you have Flames of Oblivion, you have the Major Berserk chain. Ooh. And then Sorcerer, okay, you have uh, Hurricane... Minor Expedition, you have Streak, you have Mage's Wrath, arguably oh, the best executing the game, and you have Critical Surge, really great offensive healing, which is something Dragonites lack. Wait. Uh, and then Winter's Embrace, Polar Wind. You put Polar Wind in there, I mean, you're just going to have an unstoppable thing on your hands there. Uh, yeah, that would be a very, very good class. Those are some of the best skill lines from those classes, and piecing them together would be very, very good. Yeah, you basically are taking the very best of all three of those classes and sticking them together. That that would be that'd be pretty hilarious to see actually. Like what do you do when a corrosive DK starts streaking at you with hurricane? <laughs> what do you do? You don't do anything. you get away you from submit. That. That's right. Corrosive is ardent flame, isn't it? Is it? Or no 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 the standard. It's the ah, DK standard is ardent flame. Yeah, okay. Never mind. A streaking standard is also way, pretty terrifying. A streaking standard just a, a streaking DK in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. with minor <laughs> expedition and mage's wrath and then they make and polar wind and then they make ice tornadoes yes <laughs> i think this actually this kind of brought me to a different part of the of the question but you know it's talking about a new class i i think similar to kind of what we were talking about above with the weapon is that eso's kind of got it in a in a unique place right now that with the classes they've had they they tried to cover so many bases with them i feel like that there's I don't know. I just, I don't know if I am a true, like, I don't know if there's many classes, much classes out there that they could add to the game. Um, I think even yeah, with the Arcanist, even with the Arcanist, it's kind of absorbed a lot of what we thought the Necro could be. So I just don't know how many classes are still out there. Yeah. I think they should just focus on skill lines really going forward is kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. All right, next email comes from Will. Will says, hey guys, love the show. The theory crafting bits are better than most forums. I was wondering if I could get an invite to the Discord and Guild on Xbox NA. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Will. No question from Will. He's just saying hello. And we did get him invited to 
all the stuff. So he's in there. Thanks for writing, Will. Zemo says, I could see an illusion class, clones or something. But then okay. you could think about Nightblade and how they have shade. Yeah. But I guess building more on that. Yeah. I just think that, like, with the way that they built the classes, they just they cover multiple typical, like, you know, genres. Like, the more, yeah. like, they kind of were like, all right. Yeah, like, Warden is Frost and Nature and yeah, Animals. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, this one's going to cover multiple. And they just they just kind of covered them all. The only thing I could see them doing, and I know it's been said before, is like a monk class, which would then tie in... Uh, um, what would you call it if you just had fist out? Uh, unarmed? Unarmed. And then you have like an unarmed skill line, and maybe the... the class passives make it so that you do more damage when you are unarmed type deal and it's like based around that but then even then I have no idea what abilities would look like for a monk that wouldn't be super similar to things that are already in the game I, that's why I think that would have to be a, a like just a unique skill line because if you made it a class to have an entire class that it would be a negative for that entire class to use any of the weapon skill lines like I feel like that would just it'd be real messy yeah that's what I think. That's what and, I think. It should be a skill line. That way, you can just kind of be real flexible with it. Use it on various classes. Grizzly brought up a good point too. With um, you would be missing two set pieces. Although they could make it so that you put like wraps on your hand, and it wouldn't. I I or they can make it so that it's not anything visual. Just make so the, they don't have to make any uh, uh, like a ring or something. But they already again. They already have rings though. So, but uh, well, it's true. But they um. I mean, they would just balance the passives to account for that, you know, mm -hmm, for that mm -hmm. skill line. Brass knuckles. <laughs> brass knuckles. Yeah, brass knuckles. <laughs> there's no styles for it. They just all look the same. <laughs> you know, just literally so that you could have those two set pieces. It would be uh, it would be interesting. It would be cool. I don't think it'll ever happen, like Ket said, but yeah. it would be super dope. Last email comes from Gummy Bear. Gummy says, what's everyone's favorite Thanksgiving food to eat? And is there anything you need to have on Thanksgiving? Uh, he also says, Happy Thanksgiving to Cat Davius and all the goons. Thanks Happy for writing, Gummy. gummy. Dog, you the, take it first. Thanksgiving this is the food. intense question. We gotta, oh, this is the, we're getting <laughs> this serious is a, now. Uh, this, is very, this is the most serious part of the podcast. Absolutely. We I take food very seriously here. I love mashed potatoes. So much. Ah, good With choice. Good gravy. Good choice. And you can mix anything you want in those mashed potatoes. You get a spoonful, spoonful of mashed potatoes, and you could go, you know what? I want some corn on these mamajamas. Get a scoop of that with <laughs> it, too. I want some turkey on bean. here, too. Green beans. Yeah. You, could, uh, you could dip your asparagus in it or something. Like, whatever you have, you could dip. You could get a Throw swap a roll of in it there. on yeah, your mashed potatoes. What'd you say? Throw a roll in there. Throw a roll in there. Oh, Literally yeah. anything. Anything yeah. that is on your plate could be mixed with mashed potatoes. <laughs> and the gravy, just mashed potatoes. Okay. All the way. Mashed potatoes. That's okay. number one. Next question. What do you think, Davius? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at this uh, uh, from the dessert angle. Uh, oh, okay. Not your typical foods, but, but pecan pie. I Ooh, need pecan pie. Pecan pie. Love I need a, a slice pecan of pecan pie. pie. And that's really my answer for both of these. It's my favorite, and it I need to have a slice of pecan pie on Thanksgiving. Like that's, that's, that's the key piece for me. 
Yeah, I do feel like that's one of mine too. Grizzly Khan in the chat says pumpkin pie in all caps. He feels very strongly about that one. Most mean he likes it. I do love a pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Actually, actually, a good pumpkin pie might be more important to me than a pecan pie. Ooh. It's got to be good though. You can. It, it's really easy to make a bad pumpkin pie though. Mm -hmm, I think. Mm -hmm. My mom makes a really good stuffing. That's like her mom's recipe. It's just. It's so good. Uh, I always look forward to a mac and cheese. Somebody's going to make a mac and cheese, you nice. know. Jesus, it's so going to be great. Come uh, on, any potato dish, mashed potatoes, sure, but just really just any potato. Just shove it in my any, mouth. Any, potato. any potatoes. baked potatoes, even. Who knows? Yeah. Sky's the limit. Infernosa, good to see you, man. So I have a question on your on your stuffing. Now, is it is it stuffing or is it dressing? You know, you got to get the you got to oh, get the details uh, here. It's like got. It's like cornbread stuff in there. It's not well. It's okay. It's 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 not actually stuffed inside a turkey. It's in okay. it's in a casserole dish. Gotcha, and you gotcha. you have it as a side. So gotcha. I guess it's dressing in that case. That's 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 what that's what I'm told there are the rules. Okay. Now, Grizz, Grizz is asking me if I've ever had Dixie pie. I don't know what that is, Grizz. I have I not. Also, do not. I don't know what, know this what is. that is. Yeah, I think you just made that up, Grizzly. Making up pies. Oh yeah, and yeah, desserts. I mean, I, I'm a, I have a giant sweet tooth, so I'm definitely going to be. I usually save room for dessert specifically, and that's that's like the majority of what I end up eating is just sweet stuff. Yeah, I do the slice of pecan pie. You know, still warm, or you know, warm it up if I need to. As you do, little scoop, little scoop of vanilla ice cream, little oh. scoop of whipped cream. There. Stop. I'm set. I'm set. Vanilla ice cream nice. on any pie that that's mm -hmm. heated up. Oh my mm -hmm. god. Oof. Oh, that takes it to another level every time. <laughs> uh, Garion's asking uh, bone-in spiral sliced ham or turkey. I feel like you got to go turkey. You know, yes, sir. When, when else? When when other time of the year are you going to be eating turkey? Got to go turkey on Thanksgiving. Exactly. You got to do turkey. I don't even really like turkey, but you got to have turkey on Thanksgiving. That's just the rules. Not to say. That we don't like ham. At least I don't like ham. I'm not going to speak for Ket and Stars. <laughs> ham is the Christmas. Ham is the Christmas yeah. Yeah, 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 meat. Yeah. I agree, right, right. I agree because and and the Grinch cuts it, so <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Beef Wellington, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just like eating chicken that, on Thanksgiving. That beef chicken. Wellington got that got eyeballs quick. That's, uh, that's good, <laughs> good stuff. Thanks for writing, Gummy. Love the food questions. Yeah, we we very food motivated here, as we can tell. We we we're, sure. we'll dive into food questions for that sure. That was huge. What was your favorite email, Davius? I mean, oh, we gotta go, Gummy. We 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 gotta go with the food and the Thanksgiving. I mean, we're we're at the Thanksgiving holiday. He's hitting us with, had the, a feeling. with the food, the holiday of foods. You know, this he is knows just, how to game the system. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> That bad yes. genius. Congrats, Gummy. Gummy, Gummy's the winner this week. All right, Gummy, one mil coming your way, buddy. Next time I log in, Infernosa says, or Herzogers smoked bear haunch, sugar skulls, best dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Jules and Mistral uh, guy. We didn't grow up like that in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could, couldn't afford that smoked bear haunch. <laughs> we got a Jules. Yeah, that's, a, that's pricey. All right, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. Uh, that also just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. It's also the official guild of the Scroll and Podcast. We're on PCNA and Xbox NA. If you'd like to be a member, you can send us an email at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com. 
and we'll be happy to send you an invite. If your guild list is full or if you're on a different platform, then really the action is all happening on the Discord, and everyone who's on the Discord we consider to be a fully-fledged goon. So scrollingpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to join the guild or the Discord or both. If you'd like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a uh, written review and a star rating. That helps us a lot. If you'd like to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollingpodcast and sign up to receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. That gives you access to a number of things, including the Booncast, which is a shorter uh, solo podcast that I do on the off weeks, uh, still ESO focused. So you get a little something every week. Another way you can help support us is uh, if you're on the PCNA server, if you're in the guild, put stuff in the guild bank. Crafting mats, tri-stat potions, gold, anything you think might help. Uh, we do a lot of theory crafting. We go through a lot of those things, and that actually helps us out quite a lot. And, you know, if nothing else, just come join the Discord and hang out with us, because we end up having a lot of conversations together, and that often results in full-on segments here on the show. So just being our friend is a great way to support us and help the show keep going. Shout out to the chat. We have Garion, Zemo, Infernosa, Grizzly Khan was the first one in here. He was in here before anybody else, even myself us. or Davis yeah. or anyone. <laughs> uh, Nachi was in here earlier. I might have missed someone. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Really, uh, really adds a lot to the show. Uh, shout out to Outlaw Red and Garion and Zemo, um, uh, Miracle, Uncle Sam, uh, Davis Starjumper. <laughs> We've all been playing a lot here lately, and uh, uh, it's just been a lot of fun. Just you know, we just have a really great squad of goons around. You know, just some really good people to play with, pretty much at any time. Shout out to the elder goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for being around and being our friends for so long. Um, and shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, the, the Patreon supporters: Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas Taggard, Mother of Dragons, Sudica, Jim. Maxwell and Durpin stuff. Thank you guys so, so much. Want to buy my dog? One more time. The Twitch <laughs> plug. Where, where can people find you? Yes. I stream now from time to time. Come watch me make a <laughs> fool of myself at twitch.tv slash wanna buy my dog. I am the. Wanna buy my dog? Dog spelled the normal way. Dog spelled mm. as in dog like the animal. Mm. Yeah. No question mark. No question mark. Want to buy my dog? <laughs> Garen in the chat, he's requesting that we plug duos and quads. Yeah, so uh, Wednesday nights is duo nights uh, on PCNA, and Friday nights is uh, is pre-made night, where you get your ultra-sweaty four-man squad going. Um, pretty much across all guilds, like anyone who is uh, in a PvP-focused guild, Pretty much everyone's caught the word that Friday night is sweaty nights and everyone's kind of squatting up and it's actually been popping off for the past month or so. Like Friday nights are pretty darn lit. Uh, so definitely get your squads together and, and queue up. Um, and then Wednesday night, that's duos night. And that really kind of is a Stoons Goons specific event, but we would love it if it kind of grew to be a bigger thing like the Friday night thing. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. There you go, Gary. And uh, Davis, anything else? I think that's it. Okay, guys, it's been an awesome BD report. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.
I'm talking to you, editing. You're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you. God. What an absolute unit Ket is. I could go on and on about how awesome Ket is. He's probably... God, he's probably going to go work back on God's Farm or wherever he works tomorrow. I'm back. Welcome back.